We're, we're in Luke chapter 2. We were there last week a little bit. Last week we talked about the angels. This week we're talking about the shepherds. Next week we're talking about the magi or the wise men. These are all what we call the cast of Christmas. And then on Christmas Eve we're talking about you. You're part of the, the Christmas story. Did you know that? So yeah, of course I did, Pastor Jan. So take out your Bible, Luke chapter 2. Verses 8 through 20. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. So let me ask this question while you're turning there, while I'm there. Um, what is, and you may answer this, but what is the most important announcement that you have ever heard? What is the most important announcement you've ever heard in your life? Think about that, okay? And if you had world-changing news, how would you get the message out? Okay, if you had world changing news, let's say you found a cure for cancer or you found a cure for AIDS, how would you get that message out? I mean, you would think, I'm going to hire some people, we're going to do this with social media, we're going to do all these things, okay? Who would you target? Who would you use? Now, think about this. What if God had a world changing announcement? How would you expect Him to get the message out? You, you're following me, right? I mean, God would go to the PR firms back in Jerusalem, you know, and they'd say, all right, we we need you to get the word out. We need print. We need social media. We need your best spokesperson. We need to get a hold of the king. We need to get a hold of of Rome. We're going to get this message out that the most important message of all humanity is going to be announced. Everybody, we're doing it on this date. And by the way, some of you, you know, January or December 25th is not the actual date Jesus was born. I know some are like, What? You know, well, that's right, Pastor Stan. I don't even know why we celebrate Christmas. Because it brings people to Jesus. Relax. Alright? It's fun. It's a, okay, don't, don't be so religious about that. Come on, amen? Um, and so, now let's go to Luke chapter 2, 8 through 20, alright? Luke chapter 2. You see, over 2,000 years ago, you're gonna read this in a second, in a small village called Bethlehem, a story unfolded that would be the most significant event in all Israel and all of humanity. Would you agree? No? Okay. Making a way for all humanity to have a relationship with God through the Son Jesus. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Starting in verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly, say suddenly. i got to make sure you're awake. A great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom His favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen Him, they spread the word concerning what had, what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Verse 20, The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had just heard and seen, which 
were just as had been told, just as they had been told. Let's pray. Father, let your word become alive to us today. Let your spirit be manifest in us right now. Let us never lose the awe and wonder of the powerful Christmas story, which is not a story made up by man, but it is the account of the most important message for all of humanity. Let us receive it today and let us be changed by it and let us proclaim it just as these shepherds did to the whole world who desperately needs this message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, as we see here, God would use an unconventional way of bringing about the promised Messiah. He did not use social media. They didn't have it by then, right? Social media then was the neighbor told the neighbor, told the neighbor, told the neighbor, correct? Okay. But you see, there was no, there were no royal couriers. Uh, Jesus would not be born in a royal palace. Uh, he would not be, uh, you know, the, the sports stars and, the, and, and the, the athlete, you know, the musicians and the play, play, the playwrights would not announce Jesus. I mean, think about that. Why would God send angels to shepherds? And why is that important to you and I? What big deal, Pastor Stan? I gotta go back to work tomorrow. I gotta deal with this. I gotta deal with well, this. Is it. This is a big deal. Right? You're not. Okay, I'm gonna make it a big deal to you. Alright? So, again, no, no, no social media, no, no, no PR firm. This, listen to this. This wasn't the way of God. And oftentimes, mankind, he said, man, if God, if God would just do this, or if, if we had just this person would be the spokesperson, or if we had ten bazillion gajillion dollars, we could change the world. Well, Jesus took twelve disciples, and they turned the world upside down. God would speak to angels, or through angels, to shepherds. And He would speak to a poor carpenter and his, his peasant patrolled wife. And it would change the world. And you see, we, we get so caught up in the earthly things thinking this is how to change the world. And God said, no, this is how to change the world. And there's a reason that God went to the shepherds and we're going to find out, okay? So what does this all have to do with this? Well, you have to listen. Are you ready to listen? You ready to learn? Why are the shepherds important to Christmas? This is why. The first thing is this, obviously. This is number one, is it's a most humble entrance. Okay? Letter A, a forgotten king moved by God. A forgotten king. How many of you remember Octavian? Anybody remember Octavian? Anybody go to school with Octavian? Like Octavian? Does anybody know what day Octavian was born? Anybody know where he was born? Anybody know where he lived? Anybody even know who I'm talking about? Some of you know. Okay. So Octavian was also the name of a guy named Caesar Augustus. Hmm. What lasting contributions to mankind did Caesar Augustus do? Think about it. Tell me. What, can you think of right now? Did he invent the iPad? Did he bring algebra about? God help us for those. No. <laughs> You you don't remember anything about Octavian, right? Except for what the Bible tells us, right? Are you correct, right? You see, Octavian was Caesar Augustus and he demanded worship as a god from his subjects. In fact, the Roman Senate gave him the name Augustus to confer godhood unto him. So he was supposed to be a god. So those who around him, either they, they feigned allegiance to him because it was a sword. You know, Augustus is God, right? Yes, he's God because there's a sword, right? Or they... They worshipped him because he was this powerful person. Now, during Octavian or Augustus's rule, there was some peace in, in his empire. That there was actually a, a lack of war or lack of, of fighting in this time. Okay, for for some people, he was great. 
He was godlike, but to the Jews, of course, he was just another human ruler who controlled them, overtaxed them, who, who, who just basically despised them. But they continued to look for the Messiah. And they kept thinking, our Messiah, he is going to be better than you. He's going to have better tanks. He's going to be better looking. He's going to have a greater army and he's going to defeat you. That's what they were looking for. They were def- looking for a president or a ruler who would save them. Sounds familiar, right? Okay. And Octavian or Caesar Augustus was not that person. However, this forgotten king was moved by God. Say moved by God. You see, because this God-like person was actually used by God. This so-called God was moved by God. And God would do something great through this man. In fact, Augustus, again, in, in, in chapter 2, verse 1, it says, Caesar Augustus uh, issued a decree that a, a sentence would be taken of the entire Roman world. And so he did this, and this moved in the event, moving Joseph and Mary back to Bethlehem. And so this is then now... Has anyone been to Bethlehem? Not Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Bethlehem in Palestine, in Israel. A couple of you been there? So it's kind of weird. Let me just real quick tell you. So so again, I got the chance. It was weird because we were on a tour bus and our Jewish guide had to get off the bus when we went to the border. There was gates, security. There were armed guards on both sides. So they were the, the Israeli defense forces with their machine guns. And on the other side was the Palestinian Authority with their machine guns. So it was just kind of weird. So we had to drive through there. And then when you get there, uh, Bethlehem, is it's, it's a city. People live there now. And we had to park this bus in a shopping mall or shopping center. And then we went down down this busy street and then we went down this nice little, and there's like three or four churches right there on the spot where Jesus was born in Bethlehem and it's, it's sad now because it's gaudy it's kind of weird and we had to stand in line and it's you know then you had to duck down which you know there was a, a reason for that duck down you get in and then they, this gaudy looking terrible spot where it's like you know all this it's just over like this little spot where Jesus was born and in 2,000 years ago when he was born, it was just a grotto or a cave and there was no one there and no one really knew about it. But God brought him there. As, as I said last week, Bethlehem means the house of bread. And Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Right? So God knows what he's doing. He, he understands it. So this king who thought he's all powerful was used by God to bring the true king of kings. Micah 5, 2 says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephathra, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come... For me, one who will rule over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. You see, here's my point on this, is that God does things that are not what we think. God's ways are not our ways. Right? And also, God can do what He wants. And God still does, He can and still does move the hearts of rulers, whether we like them or not, to do things. Proverbs 60, do I have Proverbs 69? Do I have it up here? It says this, a man's heart a man, a heart, yeah, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. You see, God can still direct the hearts and minds of, of rulers. Okay? So, so let it be a humbly born baby would become the king of kings. A humbly born baby would become the king of kings. Now, again, without any royal fanfare, a baby was born to a peasant girl and a poor, maybe, a, maybe he was doing well, but a carpenter. And this very Messiah who the Jewish people had longed for, would change the world forever. The shepherds would be the first, and this is important, okay? The shepherds would be the first to hear this. 
Again, Luke 2, 9-12, And the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified, but the angel of the Lord said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and, and lying in a manger. You see, the most significant person of all history would be born in a small sheepherd's village. He would be born and he'd put in a manger. Again, when we talk about mangers, I've talked about this. We had this beautiful wooden, you know, carpenters make. And this, a manger was, again, hewn out of stone. It was basically a feeding trough. You ever been around farm animals? Farm animals are not typically clean unless you clean them. Okay, have you ever been to a feeding trough? A pig slop? You know, they just kind of throw it. And the pigs, the pigs are nasty, by the way. I don't even know why you eat ham or bacon anyway. Because it tastes good, I know. Alright, but so the feeding trough was this big hewn piece of stone and they, and they chipped out and they put the, gra- the grain in there or whatever. And if you've been around animals, we have two dogs and they're, they're not, they're, I mean, they're like slobbering all over and they just chow down their food. So whatever Jesus put in this little, this manger and they probably put hay and some strips of clothing and he was born in this in a, in a grotto or a cave in Bethlehem that no one knew about. But every year we celebrate this baby. Right? No one celebrates Octavian's birthday. Right? Hey, happy Octavian celebrus. Right? No one does that, but they, we do this with Jesus. Merry Christmas. The Messiah, right? So this Jesus was born, the most significant person, but it was in a humble way. This was part of God's plan. And we may not understand, but God does things that we don't understand because He is God. And you're gonna see in a minute, some of you already know, you're already ahead of me. This baby's birth was in a humble way so that it could relate to all people. I'm going to go more about that, all right? So where's the celebration, all right? Today we still celebrate and he is known the King of Kings. So number two, where's the celebration? His coming was announced. Listen, his coming was announced, but it was ignored. There's this joke that the pastoral staff, I'm going to get in trouble, I know. I'm going to get an email or two. I'm going to have someone outside. And they're like, Pastor that was not in the... You didn't announce that such and such event. What time was it? Well, it's been in the bulletin for like six years. We've had it on the slides. We've announced it from the pulpit for 15 months. Well, I didn't know about that. Maybe you just weren't listening. It's a joke. In fact, they have this t-shirt. I'm, I'm tempted to get it. I'm now the, it's, you're like, it says... It, it, some of you say it says it's in, it was in the bulletin been there for weeks and I'm, I'm not trying to be mean to you but just so what I'm saying is we ignore facts we ignore messages right husbands are really good at that right amen, amen. so oh I'm sorry hun, did you say to clean out what again I didn't hear you huh, on purpose kids are even the best at that oh I didn't I was sleeping no you weren't I didn't hear you because you didn't want to hear. and so here it is his coming was announced, but is ignored. Isaiah 7.14 Therefore the Lord Himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and we will call Him Emmanuel. Isaiah 9.6 For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon His shoulder, and His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You see, Caesar should have been there to worship Jesus, but he wasn't. Herod should have been there to worship Jesus, but he wasn't. The people of Israel knew better. They should have been there to worship Jesus, but they weren't. The nations of the world should have bowed down to this baby, but they didn't. 
You see, this promised message was ignored. And you see, oftentimes, listen to this, oftentimes what's a big deal to God is often ignored by mankind. Come on. The Christmas message, yes, the celebration, the eggnog, the, the fruitcake, all the stuff that you do. Somebody's like, what? Yeah, the, whatever you do. I mean, we, the celebration, but we forget about the important message of the celebration. That Jesus is the Messiah and He came to set us free from our sins, right? This is, this is ignored. Have we listened to God's word? Are we ignoring the Messiah? Are we ignoring His message? You see, what's important in heaven, again, is often viewed as unimportant. Luke 2, 13-14 Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to, to those whom His favor rests. You see, the birth of Jesus is a big deal to all people and to God, right? Christmas, listen, Christmas is a powerful reminder that this birth... It's not about going into debt. It's not about gaining weight. It's not about having family and friends over whom you don't want to see ever again, right? It's about the Messiah, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Prince of peace, who will come back again. This is the most important message and it goes to a group of people that we like, who cares about them? They're shepherds. This this important message and this often the message of God is ignored by the world, Right? You see, while the world was sleeping, the Son of God made His appearance. And we always say, everything has to be big. Everything has to be big. We have to announce it. We have to have this big party. And again, when Jesus came, just a few people knew. I mean, wouldn't it be awesome? And maybe you've had... I mean, this would be awesome. This is better than Star Wars, Star Trek. No offense to you, okay? But an angel of the Lord speaks to you. Right? No? That's huge. And then a company of angels. Now, in the military, a company is about a hundred soldiers. So I don't know. If an angel comes and then a hundred other angels come. This is better than a lightsaber war. That's fake, by the way. This is better than the Broncos winning ten Super Bowls in a row. You know, that happened, I know. You're not in awe. You're like, wow. You should be like, wow, that's awesome. You're like, okay, pastor, come on. Get on with this message. I got things to do. I got to celebrate. Gosh, don't you understand? I'm trying to help you understand that this message is very important. It's very important and that we must again get back to the awe of God. Is Christ's birth still important to us? Has it just been boiled down to that time of the year? It's the most wonderful time of the year, right? Is that, is that all it's now or is it this is the most important message of all humanity some of you still aren't there I hope I'll get you alright let me move on then alright so so the third thing why the shepherds because I'm like Pastor, I was waiting for that I was waiting why the shepherds well I'm glad you asked because here, here's here's part of the answers okay so the question I got to ask the question to answer the question is why not the world leaders why not the wealthy or the religious leaders you see, from a PR standpoint, we would think to get the to get the best spokesperson to announce the birth of the Messiah. Coming soon, Jesus Christ, Son of God. Right? Coming to a stable near you in Bethlehem. Bethlehem, 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 Bethlehem. You're like, Pastor, but you, you do this. You listen to it, right? 
And then someone would, with social media, Jesus has gotten, the Messiah is coming. And it, I mean, right? You, we would think this is the best way. Or you know what we would get? We would get Octavian to announce it. We would, we would get the best musicians. We would get the best f- soccer players. And they would, they would talk about, yes, I'm great on the field, but let me tell you about someone being born in a manger. Right? And everyone would come. Correct? But that's not the way of God. You see, God comes in a different way. And you see, why not have, again, people who influence, people who have money can get the word out. Why, in fact, why not just have Jesus born in the palace? Why not Jesus be born by one of the, through one of the king's wives? Well, again, the ways of God are not the ways of man. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than yours. You see, listen, if Jesus had come in a manner where he had to be announced and the rich people and the famous would be, be, even be born of that, then he would become unapproachable by most people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because the reality is there, there's only really a handful of rich people in the world and in the nations. And by the way, if you live in the United States, you're considered rich. You're in the top 13%. I'm just saying, okay? If Jesus came in this manner, it would make him unapproachable for most people. He would not be able to understand the plight of the poor, the destitute, and those looked looked down upon or forgotten by society. If he was born in a palace with a silver spoon in his mouth, he would not be able to relate. So the lowly shepherd had to be announced first. And here, let it be, the lowly shepherd could relate with the shepherds. You see, today we romanticize the shepherds in our Christmas celebrations, right? How many of you have ever been in a Christmas play and you were one of the shepherds, right? You had clean cloths, right? Sheets put together. Your, your, your little costume smelled good, right? Right? The fake beard, or maybe some of you grew your beard and you had the staff, you know, and all that. Have you ever been around sheep? Ever been around a farm? I told you first, when, when you touch, they're all cute. The little, the little lamb is so cute. You know, the sheep. And then you, you want to go pet them, but when you pet them, they're like, ooh, it's like lanolin, it's like oily, right? Right? And then, of course, sheep, after food is, their processed food is a little bit different than cows or stuff like that. They're like little raisins, by the way. So if you ever go to where sheep are and you see raisins on the ground, don't pick them up. Those are not raisins. <laughs> Just letting you know, okay? Because I love you. Uh, and so if, if you've ever been around sheep, they're not... Well, anyway, I'm not going to run that. But it, it was a hard job. In fact, shepherds were looked down upon. They were considered really one of the lowest class and they were only needed to raise the sheep because the shepherds only had value because the sheep had commodity, especially during Passover season. So in fact, these sheep that were raised near Bethlehem would be the same sheep that would be, um, would be, would be paraded into Jerusalem. Because Bethlehem's not that far from, from where this is. And they would raise, the shepherds would raise these sheep up, and so that during the Passover season they would be brought into Jerusalem and they would be slaughtered, of course, and then there would be a sacrifice. So it's very interesting that Jesus would be announced in Bethlehem, the bread of life, but also a lamb of God would be slain from the beginning. So it was very important that he would be born there because the shepherds understood sacrifice. Shepherds understood this, this atonement. See, the presence of the shepherds in Christmas tells us a lot about the heart of God. He would become Savior. He would become King. He would be the, become the Lion of the Trudah, but he would also be the Shepherd of souls. 
You see, the, the life of a shepherd was hard. They had to wrangle obstinate sheep. They had to lead the sheep to various feedings and watering areas. They didn't get much sleep at night they, because they had to watch out for thieves and predators. And they were despised by society. So, so Jesus would go to the lowest of them so that he could relate to all people. Because next week we'll talk about the Magi. The Magi were not, um, you know, this wasn't like, you know, some fake magician. These were wise men and they were wealthy wise men coming out of Persia. Okay, we'll talk about that next week. So you gotta come next week about that. But you see, these shepherds, they would understand the, the fate of their sheep in this manner. And they would understand that this is the Messiah and he would give his life for us. He would be the Lamb of God. So this announcement to the shepherds being born in the stable, this is God declaring to all people that the good shepherd understands who you are. We sang that song. He understands our heart. He understands our hurt. He he understands being despised. He understands being spit on. He understands all that. And we can relate to him. And he can relate to us. This is why Jesus came to the shepherds first. So that all people could understand. Right? Does that make sense? I don't get it, Pastor. Let me go back to the beginning then. Actually, let me go to number four. Belief and awe. Here's the reaction of the shepherds. I'm going to read it to you again. Luke chapter 2, 15 through 20. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds went back to their sheep and went back to bed. Now it says, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Verse 20, And the shepherds returned glorifying God and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which was just as they had been told. You see, the first thing about these shepherds is they believed. How do I know they believed? Because they went out and told every people. You're not going to spread a message of something you don't believe in. Come on. Some of you go to work and you come and like, this is the best thing since sliced bread. You're like, okay, yeah, whatever. It's going to die. It's going to fail. The boss is going to come up with another full, foolhardy plan, right? Right? They believed the message. If you don't believe in something, you're not going to proclaim it. It's true. And, and sadly, we've kind of lost the awe and wonder of the gospel message. What's it about me? What about me? What about me? It's not always about you, but it is about you. But it's about other people as well. You see, the plan of God conceived before their eyes, the plan of redemption, the promised garden was now brought to these shepherds. And they would see the Messiah. They saw the angels. They heard the witness. Again, I'm, can you imagine being out in the fields and an angel of the Lord appears? And it didn't say, what do you want, punk? It says they were fearful. It says the, then the company of the angels and the glory of the Lord, meaning God's power was present and they fell at His presence. When's the last time you and I fell at the presence of God? Yeah, whatever. Whatever, pastor. Really, do, do we still... Hold God in awe and wonder. Do we, thank you, do we still court the presence of God? Or do we just want to hear a message so we can get out and do our thing for the rest of the day? We've lost the wonder of God. 
And these shepherds, these low lowlifes, these scum of the earth, worshipped. They believed in the message. Isn't this awesome? Yes. I'm, the, you guys in the back are really quiet. I'm going to come back there in a minute. I would hope that if we had an encounter with a host of angels, that we would be in awe of God and we would go and tell someone, hey, God spoke. Look at this. You see, the royals and the hedonistic Romans were dismissive of Jesus. The religious people ignored it. But these humble outsiders simply believe. Do you still believe in Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus? The next thing they were awed, I've been talking about this, this time period was a very hard time. They were under Roman rule. They had a corrupt, weird, crazy king named King uh, Herod. And there, by the way, there was many, there was King Herod the Great, we'll talk about next week. And then there were four sons, and they were just as bad as their father. We'll talk about that next week, okay? And this guy was a homicidal ruler. He would kill people just if he thought that you were... Um, in fact, if he heard servants whispering, there's an account of him hearing servants whispering in a meal, and they did that because they didn't want to bother him, and he thought they were conspiring, so he had him killed immediately. This, I mean, this is a crazy ruler. But they ignored Jesus. They ignored the Messiah until it was made known to them. But these humble outsiders simply believed, okay? And they are excited... And, and it was easy in this time for the shepherds to be cynical. Oh, I saw that at Netflix. I saw Star Wars. That, that, they have better angels. Are you really from God? But Because there were false prophets. There were lots of religions going on. There were, there were false messiahs. I mean, at this time, Jesus said, I mean, there were messiahs. In fact, the, word, the name Jesus was a very popular name. A lot of people were naming their son Jesus because they were hoping their son would be the next messiah. And there were false messiahs. I'm, I'm the messiah. I'm the one. I'm the one. I'm the one. And so they were, they're becoming cynical. It's easy to be cynical, isn't it? Right? I mean, you're cynical of me. You're cynical of yourself. You're cynical of your boss. You're cynical of, of the leaders of the nations. Because we have been lied to. We have been deceived. We've been duped. We've been taken for a ride. And these shepherds understood that. The people of this time understood that. And you see, still this world is jaded, just like they were in the first century. You see, enlightened people, as enlightened people, we're too smart to believe in the supernatural. Science explains everything. Let me give you an answer to that. Science does not explain everything. Science is great, but science can be wrong. And science is constantly changing. Okay? So, as enlightened people... If we're so enlightened and we're so great, then why is the world such a mess? Come on. I don't believe in the supernatural. We need to start believing in the supernatural again. Because Jesus supernaturally came. His power is available for us today. I hope the awe and wonder of Christmas is restored to you again. You look to the heavens to find awe, then rather a screen. Will you stop going to the screen hoping the screen's going to change your life and start looking to the stars and say, there is a God in heaven and He loves me. And He sent us His Son over 2,000 years ago, born to a poor shepherd and a peasant mom, announced to lowly shepherds. And that message is for all of us. We should be in awe of that. And then He gives us His love, His power. He gives us churches. He gives us the Holy Spirit to, to have power. Jesus came to be the shepherd of your soul. Will you allow him to do that again? 
Would you allow Him to speak into your life? The third thing is this, is they live with purpose. Yes, they were shepherds. They had, they had a calling as shepherds. But you see, the shepherds didn't waste time. Listen to me, okay? You gotta, you gotta hear what I'm gonna say after I drink some water, okay? The shepherds went immediately to see Jesus. They went immediately to tell others. They didn't say, you know what, pastor? We need to be trained. They didn't go through an evangelism class, which they're, they're good, by the way. They didn't go to Bible college, which can be helpful sometimes. They didn't go to our awesome Sunday school classes, right, Mark? We have great Sunday school classes here. We really do. They didn't do any of that. They went immediately to see Jesus, and then immediately they went out and said, Look, we have found the Savior. What's our excuse? What's my excuse? Well, you know, I gotta read some more books. Pastor Jen, if you just would teach more on that, if, if Mark would talk more about this in class, then we would go out. The gospel message speaks for itself. Just speak it. Look what Jesus is doing. The shepherd's saying, look, we have found the Messiah. Look who he is. Look what he's done in our lives. They didn't just marvel at the message. They didn't just go to church, man, the, the, the shepherd, he better speak some, worship better speak, we better have, we better have a Holy Ghost revival. They didn't wait, they went. If you've ever read the book of Mark, it says, and these signs shall follow those. We're trying to follow the signs instead of following the person who gave the signs. That's a good word, by the way. The signs will follow. When you go out and preach the gospel, when you lay hands on the sick, when you ask for God to raise people, we are surprised that God still does that. But we're afraid. Well, what if I fail? But what if you succeed? What if God works through you? What if you speak a word of knowledge? What if God gives you a vision and you can speak to someone's life? The message is for all people, not just church people. Come on, we have a purpose. Amen? Oh, pastor, I knew you were going to do that. I knew you were going to take the message. You see, because these were the first missionaries. These were untrained men. They didn't have a Bible study class. They didn't go through evangelism encounters. They just went out and said, look, we found the Messiah. This is who He is. And we saw Him. How about us? Will we tell others of the greatest message given to mankind? Or we just keep sitting and waiting for someone to tell us how to tell someone else about what God has done in our lives. God is still in the miracle business. God is still on the move, but that means you have to go where He's moving sometimes. We wait in church. Oh God, move, move here, move. God, I am moving. I'm moving out there. Get out there. Raise the dead. Heal the sick. Proclaim the gospel. I'm not saying we don't do it here. I'm not saying we won't have preaching here. I'm not saying we won't have equipping classes. But how many sermons do we need to keep hearing? How many Sunday school classes do we need to keep going to? How many Bibles, how many small groups do we have to keep trying to launch in order for us to go out and say, you know what, I have heard the greatest message and His name is Jesus. And He is the answer to all your problems. It may not happen overnight, but He will, if you put Him in your life, He will change your life. It might happen overnight. Sometimes instantaneously things happen. Under the famous words of a famous evangelist who just passed away this past week, Reinhard Bonnke, he said, preach the gospel and the gospel will happen. 
This man was the greatest evangelist probably of our time, greater than Billy Graham, but we never knew that. I mean, in one service in Lagos, Nigeria, over a million people came to know Jesus Christ in one service. Preach the gospel and the gospel will happen. Tell people of the shepherd of our souls and what he can do for your lives and God will work in their life. You don't have to change them. You don't convert them. God does that. Will we get back to the awe and wonder? Would you stand with me? Worship team, would you come? Will we get back to the awe and wonder of who God is again? Will we live out our purpose? You see, you're a shepherd of souls. Where you go to school, where you work, where you live, where you play sports, whatever you do, you are called by God to be a shepherd to those around you. Will you again believe in this message? So the conclusion I have is this again. Now that you know about Jesus, because you can't say you don't know about Him. If you were here today, you know about Him. So my question is for us again, do, do we believe and are we in awe of Him again? See, why do people leave their hometowns to go tell someone else about Jesus on a campus, on a dusty road, in another nation, in a place where, why do people leave the safety homes to deliver people? from drugs and alcohol because they believe this message. You see, no one really remembers the rulers, the the religious leaders of the first century. But everyone knows about Jesus in one way or the other. Not all do, but most people do. And in fact, every December 25th, the whole world celebrates his, His birth, whether it's right or not. And God has given you, this is what we call a softball pitch. This is the easiest way to talk about Jesus during the Christmas season. Because people, His name is being praised on these secular stations. Have we lost the wonder of God? Have we forgotten this message that came to the poor humble shepherds and came to you and I? Father, I pray that today we remember this powerful message. That He would open our hearts again, open our eyes and our minds, and that You would renew our spirits again to the power of this resurrection. In fact, the the book of Romans or Corinthians says that this resurrection power which raised Jesus from the dead, it dwells in us. Yes, we're going to train. Yes, we're going to have sermons. Yes, we're going to have worship. Yes, we're going to wait for the gifts of the Spirit. But they're already in us, God. We need to go out with them. We just need to tell people about the gospel and the gospel will happen. You will save people. The shepherds didn't wait. They went out and proclaimed. And people were amazed at this message. And this message is still changing lives, even today. The church is growing in record numbers all over the world, God. Would you help us to proclaim this message? Just as the shepherds were the first missionaries, would you send us out again as renewed missionaries to our homes, our schools, our workplaces, our neighborhoods, where we shop, where we go, Lord, that we would say, Jesus has come and He's come to give us life. And this favor is for all humans. So I'm asking today, Lord, that maybe someone in this room